Welcome to Drink, Spin, Run, an RPG podcast. This is episode 12.2, and I'm Don Stroud. Do I have a lovely co-host in the house? Oh, that's me! Yes. Hi, Don! How you doing? Hello, Adam. I'm doing great. I'm Adam Miskevich, uh, Don's lovely co-host, as he said. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with, <laughs> and uh, with us tonight, we have two fantastic guests. The first is uh, gaming hipster extraordinaire Mark Donkers, <laughs> and then hey. uh, then the man who sold you all your awesome Goodman stuff if you were in a northern convention this year, uh, Mr. Roy Snyder. Howdy. Hey, guys. Uh, tonight, we are here to talk about how much we love and loathe the published campaign setting. It's a tricky one. There's a lot of stuff out there to know or to think about, but uh, there's some we love, yeah. there's some we hate. That's just how it's going to go, right? So, uh, rather than start off with the loaded stuff, uh, I'm going to ask Roy. Roy, what yes, was sir. your first, like the first published campaign setting you got into? Got into? Yeah, like that actually like hooked you, even mm. if for a little bit. Well, now I don't want to go back too far, but the one that's that was really stark a lot of amongst a lot of my circles back in the Detroit area was Dark Sun. Right when Dark Sun hit. That was just phenomenal with everybody, um, as far as the TSR product goes. Now, you always mm-hmm. had your typical Forgotten Realms and Greyhawk, which was really cool and all, but the whole concept of the Defilers and the Preservers and the backstory and the Ravaged Lands was uh, really cool. And, then, of course, it married a lot with the SSI products that were produced on computers, so you got to get your fix. At the same time, a lot of that stuff was being published in a really cool format. Um, I'm going to make a then- prediction right now that we're going to talk a lot about Dark Sun this episode. <laughs> I'm just going to... Well, hey, I, I'm, pretty I'm sure going to have to swing it over to you and go back to Palladium, on the other hand. Oh, uh, this, their generic setting. Uh, I've always been a big Palladium guy. Of course, uh, growing up in the Detroit area, it was always my understanding early on in middle school that, TS- that Palladium was just as big as TSR. So uh, their entire setting, to me, was always very cool, very detailed. I love their maps. All the long art was really cool. Uh, so, you know, that really hooked me, too, on the other hand. So those were probably the two largest campaign settings in my mind as far as the late 80s, early 90s. I know Dark Sun was probably, what, 91, uh, pushing yeah. 92 era. So prior to that, um, that's one as far as the one that really had the, the longest teeth to sink in, but not necessarily the first. So that's my long windbag answer. <laughs> Go back over to you, sir. All right. Well, okay. So let's open it up to the rest of the panel. What about you guys, Don, Mark? What was your first like the the first campaign setting that you know uh, that was published that you saw somebody somebody else's work like on a shelf and you thought, oh man, that's awesome. A Greyhawk. Tell us. About I mean, it. talk to us. I mean, that was uh, that was kind of like a uh, you know you have the generic fantasy world where you're set in your. Uh, small setting, but it gave you a chance to expand to an entire world where you had a, a map and uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Tim, who's watching who has a Greyhawk map on in his basement, hanging up 
um, it, it was just cool because you could um, you didn't have the locality but I'll talk about locality a little later but um, you had an entire world okay. that you could you could expand to and it, it, it left you with the thought that you could uh, it was endless Okay. Right? Yeah, scope. Scope was a big deal for you. It could be big, it could scope. be huge. Yeah, I'm with you. Right. Don, what about you? All right, so I'm not going to say this is the best setting, but because there were all those damn Forgotten Realms novels, <laughs> I mean, that that was probably my, like, deepest read. And, th- I mean, looking back, those things are crap. Yep. But I read so many of them. In like I'm glad the late you put 80s, that out there, Don. Yeah. Now we're we're going to come back to Forgotten Realms. We are, and I think we're all going to bag on <laughs> on said are. realms. Yeah. <laughs> but well, sure. But uh, I mean, so many people have that as their first starting like system, like starting business. Right. But it. <sighs> well, uh, I'll go ahead. and I'll let you know. Like, mine's even more embarrassing than Don's. My first right. campaign love was Dragonlance. Oh, Ooh, that is worse than just, mine. Just it's like totally two, two, two years difference. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was bad, man. I mean, like, I mean, it was the '80s, right? Everybody was mm-hmm. doing it. It was like cocaine, you know. Uh, <laughs> and just like cocaine, it was all there was no substance at all. <laughs> it was just on the top. It was just gamer crack. But, uh, I mean, I think for me, um, being the age that I was when that stuff was, like, rocking, was, uh, it, was, it was so cool to see that there was gaming product. It was the cross-platform thing that really took me, you know, on that. Is, uh, there, were, there were the books, and there were, were the adventures, and there was um, the Dragonlance Adventures hardcover for first edition, and, yeah. um, which I didn't even really understand first edition at that point. So, you know, it just, you know, it was all so cool and wrapped up together for me that it was, it was like handing me, like, a, you know, like, here's a buffet. You know, <laughs> just go to town, and it was. It is kind of the OCB of uh, of uh, <laughs> of campaign settings. It's like, oh, you get a little bit of whatever, and none of it's good. So, yeah, but some great easily art, that man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, some totally great yeah. easily yep. art. My favorite yes. piece of easily Dragonlance art is actually the cover of uh, mm-hmm. Dragonlance Adventures. Just for perspective, we can say me is oldest, Don next oldest, Adam. Actually, I think and Roy and I are like, like neck and neck. You know, I'm a little older. Mm, are you? Yeah, but just like a minute, like <laughs> a couple <laughs> years, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm younger than Adam. You are not younger than Adam. <laughs> <laughs> that joke mm. will never get old. Uh, to us, well, except we are when we do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. all right. So. I mean, that's just a little bit of where we're coming from, right? I mean, I don't know that any of us actually, like... I mean, okay, so Roy has settings he can totally stick with, because those are cool. I mean, even the Palladium one, it was pretty cool. You know, the Palladium world, I don't know if... Yes, you know, the known world. <laughs> was it the known world? That's what I call it, anyway. Oh, okay, because I think it was just the Palladium world, you know? Was well, what actually, it's the multiverse, called. technically, but uh, oh. I always call it the fantasy world. And when I say Palladium, I mean Palladium fantasy RPG. Yeah, being Northern the Territories. World. Yeah. Yes, then. Hmm. Yep, Byzantium. Sloth juggles. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. But it was really good. It was really solid. And it was kind of, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned the known world, which, you know, uh, I guess later got called Mistara, because it did kind of take a similar vein, you know, with like all these weird real world cultures just kind of mixed up and thrown in different places, right? Yes, absolutely. I know uh, Kevin, and I'm going to probably slaughter his last name, Siambita, um, had a lot of influences from that uh, early click of... Uh, influential people upon the gaming industry so he was really there with a lot of those early cons well yeah he, he was even a, started he was a out as a metro metro detroit gamers yes um, very early uh, on miss star and palladium were about same age though weren't they uh i mean probably i mean if you look at palladium the rpg as being like a total uh you know uh like a od and d hack you know um which is effectively what it was and then you look at you know, Mistara, which started in OD&D, you know, um, probably, <laughs> probably about was, the same age. It was pretty early. I want to say 82 was the first uh, Palladium concept that he had out. And I know he was there with the uh, Judges Guild pretty early on as a, uh, uh, as an author illustrator. or yeah. illustrator, rather. I don't, I think he might have had some materials with Judges Guild. Uh, I'm not certain, but uh, he was, he was right there with those guys. So another Michigan son. <laughs> Michigan and gaming—it just makes sense. Yeah. Um. Just just to note, Moro Project. Yeah. It originated in Michigan. Oh, did it? Yeah. Here I was oh, yeah. thinking yeah. you were yeah. going to say did. like it it's did. from Arizona. Fuck you, you know, <laughs> or you know something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no. That was Represent probably Michigan early uh, Novacon yeah, yeah. at that point, right? Probably. I don't know. Yeah. Eh. Well, okay. So, what about our favorite favorite published campaign settings? Like TSR, not TSR. You know, what's out there that you really enjoyed? Hmm. Um. You know, I really enjoy, and this may just be, maybe because um. You know, we always talk, or I always talk about Warhammer 40k or yeah. Warhammer. I really like the feel of that like the RPG setting which is similar but grittier yeah. than the uh, fantasy battles um, I just like the you know the, there's always it's just so I mean yeah it's Germany or Germanish right yeah Germanic yeah. Reichland yeah you can um, really get yeah, a lot yeah. more Germanic than Reichland right. yeah <laughs> but just like the like the threat of chaos always cropping up wherever like it's just nice and tense um i just that's probably a favorite and that's one of my most want to play games hint hint anybody (laughs) (laughs) you know i feel i feel that way uh very much uh i mean i guess about like it's for me there's like 80s warhammer in general like and it's not just you know, um, Warhammer role playing. You know, fantasy role play, and it's not just you know Warhammer the uh, the war game because I mean Warhammer the war game back then was pretty grotty and gritty and you know dirty yeah. too. And it it's weird that like as stuff got fancier and you know more expensive, you know things actually got a little bit cleaner and less risque. But you know back then when there was so much danger, I mean there was there was like there were dangerous ideas that people were playing with. I mean you pick up Lost in the Damned and it's not friendly you know uh Mm -hmm. um it it, it can treat you rough as far as ideas go but um i'm also you know i'm going to throw in rogue trader with that too 
Yeah. Because that original conception of the 40K verse, I just thought was so cool. It was so much wo- more wide open than this narrow, you know, slice of what things came to be. But that's me. Yeah. So that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Let me go next. Yeah, tell us. Go. Talk to us. I've got. I'm gonna put out three different ones. Um, first is a softball. It's a Lankmar. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I give some props to DCC people to mm-hmm. putting out that new Lankmar system. Mm-hmm. Adam has been saying good things. It's, Not too much though. Yeah, I can't tell you anything. <laughs> yeah. yes, I cannot tell uh, you what I know. What little, regardless of how I, much we've been drinking, uh, you know, we cannot reveal uh, anything. <laughs> nope, the Dark Master has my chain, and he yanks. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Fafford and Grey Mauser. I mean that that whole uh, that whole like uh, book and campaign system. Very very close to my like early gaming. Uh, second would be um, I don't know how many of you. Uh, participated in kind of like Thieves' World in Sanctuary. Ah, yes. I miss Thieves' World so, completely, and I feel bad about all it. All right, so, I, I, yeah, I'm sad for you, too. Anyway, <laughs> uh, basically, um, it's something where it's set completely inside of City, Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And I, I find that to be an excellent... Um, kind of a you're not moving outside of the city you're just kind of negotiating within a setting and I think that's kind of a cool little thing especially since that book series had so many different authors Yeah, it had so many different viewpoints it's very cool well that's one of the things I've always admired about, about Thieves World is that it's it's collaborative fiction you know, it was established as yeah. collaborative fiction, and and here are all of these different people, you know, writing in the same universe with the same, you know, same characters, same, you know, about in some cases the same events, and uh, that's as someone who I, I mean I'm just really interested in working with as many different GMs and trying to you know do the collaborative GMing thing. You know, any kind of collaborative storytelling to me is like is it, it's fantastic. You know, agreed. <laughs> No, I think that's great. I think that's that's what's wonderful about your um uh Ur Haddad, right? Uh the 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 or mm-hmm. uh your system. We're we're not talking about published. Right. But um uh, like the the that you and uh several other GMs can like multiplex. Yeah. Or whatever you want to call it. Uh yeah, take actually... over at any time and so I do get to I, I, I do get to give you props. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. One of the guys uh, from the Metal Gods game actually um, sees his schedule changed, so he wasn't able to play with us anymore. So uh, he's running his own Urdan game now, which is fucking awesome. Like that. That's that, wow. That's that cool. Feels pretty sweet. Yeah. So thanks, Phil Spitzer, for being a cool guy. So okay. So that was number two. Talk to me about number three. I bore an age. If if I didn't if if I let the uh, Ron Howard go past without that uh, Europe uh, faceted uh, system, I would feel sad because um, 
I have a friend, uh, Jim Posnell, who is going to run uh, a campaign based on uh, ACKS, mm-hmm. based on Hyborian, right? And yeah. that 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 sounded sweet to me. It it it's like sat fallow, but whatever. Yeah, Hyborian but Age is the, one of those. I mean, that's such a classic. I like that all of your favorite settings are literary settings, really. Eh. Well, I can't talk about non-published campaigns. So. <laughs> <laughs> Except for when you do, yeah. Roy, what about you? What about what? What are your what are your faves? My faves. Well, beyond what I've already mentioned, uh, I, I'm going to go out on a cheese limb here, and uh, one of the ones that we had a lot of fun with back in the day was Alcadim. Oh, uh, but uh, that's all in you know. As with anything, it's all in who runs it. Mm-hmm. And all in who plays with you. So uh, we had a fun with that for probably a good eight, nine months uh, back in the day when that first came out and then moved on to some other things. But uh, beyond the uh, Dark Sun and Palladium, uh, kind of fast-forwarding to now, of course, you know, there's the DCC Aerith world. That's great. Um, Castles of Crusades, the Aerith setting is pretty cool. Uh, in my campaign, I try to link the two kind of like a multiverse sort of palladium mm-hmm. tip of the hat type of thing so uh but not quite like a spelljammer sense but more along the lines of a dimension door sort of patron uh kind of factor kind of in there so a little bit of traveler mixed in but don't want to give my players too much of information but try to <laughs> weave in some of the stuff that i uh have been working on for the, the last year year and a half some right. of the things that uh, we can't oh, speak damn. about. I forgot about Ravenloft. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's there's always Ravenloft, but I never really got too far into that. Kind of like uh, what Adam said about the Dragonlance thing. Kind of, It was a cool thing that was there, and sort of read it. Dragonlance was cool, but to me, that was I was really big into the SSI Goldbox game series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think people forget, depending on how old you are, in some instances, how absolutely hard it was to find a gaming group that was worthwhile back in the day and what you would just basically put up with to have a good campaign setting fielded amongst a group of players uh, in the 80s. Just, you know, amongst uh, trying to even look for players, look for games. But, uh, and I think a campaign setting in some players' minds was key to keep that kind of game together. You needed something to help keep the that uh, part of a player's suspension of disbelief and imagination in play when they weren't being targeted by the DM so that they just kind of helped their own story go along with their own character as far as the campaign setting went. But, right. Um, anyway, I digress on that, but uh, anybody who uh, went with a Kickstarter for Troll Lords games uh, Iriday, they got that massive map and uh, codex that they're working on. If anybody... Did anyone else back that? I did not. No, no. That was really I, like cool. I said, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a Castles and Crusades guy, unfortunately. I, oh, I want to know more about it, but you know, like I made the mistake of buying that black box from you at. Uh, at I mean, it's not a mistake to buy the black box or buy it from you, but it was not what I thought was the en- an entry point into Castles and Crusades. Totally was not. <laughs> yes, uh, I I assumed you were when you bought that. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I that is basically the sequel to the original white box being an homage to the original white box yeah. of Castles and Crusades. So kind of that format. 
but uh, I didn't know about um, the original Castles and Crusades white box. So. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not, there's not many out there. They're not too uh, easy to come by, just like the original white box. So if you do find one, let me know. I'll uh, try to make some uh, trade arrangements for you. <laughs> I've been looking for one myself. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yeah, and and of course there's always Like Mart, which is uh, something now that's being redone. And uh, props to. Uh, Team Godzilla, specifically Mr. Curtis, uh, for all the work that they've been doing towards that. Uh, and people who don't know what Mike Curtis has done is he's read through all of Lieber's material, not once but twice, and has filled composition book after composition book full of material uh, to make sure that the setting is completely canonistic and respected in regards to how it will be not only fielded storyline-wise, but to the mechanic for uh, the version of Dungeon Crawl Classics that will be adapted to the storyline. So um, expect good things oh, from that. And uh, if you're a big Libra fan, uh, stay tuned. Yeah, it's... yeah. You, you kind of made it sound like a chore that you would have to read through those twice, books yeah. twice. No, it's like a, he well, got, that, no. that he being got if you to have the time. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, you know, on my right. end, if you have the time, but, you know, he is Mr. Curtis, yeah. so, you know... <laughs> <laughs> he got to do that. Exactly. Right. Nice. Um, and then just to pick up where Roy's leaving off here, I think some of them, I, I'm going to say that some of my favorite campaign settings, like published stuff, the stuff that Roy t- uh, tangentially mentioned, I loved Spelljammer. I'm like the one yes, guy dude. out there who loves Spelljammer. I know. Um, but I think a lot of it was because I saw what I wanted it to be rather than what it actually was. And... Um, I kind of wanted it to be more Buck Rogers. You know what I mean? Right. And so that's what I did with it back in the day. And it was fun. So that was one of my faves. Uh, another one of my lesser known favorites is uh, right, let's see, here on the shelf, uh, you can see Earth Dawn. I don't know um, if any of you guys ever got into Earth Dawn back in the 90s. No. A couple no. games. What is a really, oh, sure. uh, really cool, like, uh, post apocalyptic fantasy? Um, the apocalypse was like a supernatural um, apocalypse that basically wiped out all civilization and so this was like a fantasy world that was going, you know, kind of like uh, I don't know, somebody said a while ago that, you know, all good fantasy is post-apocalyptic and I think that's very much you know, of that variety um, and and I, I just always really dug that setting. There was um, there's a couple of weird things in that setting that um, that really I think drove home certain core points that I really enjoyed um, they encouraged you to be a creative person like the like your character was encouraged to to have a skill that had nothing to do with fighting and kicking ass and casting magic but like like a creative skill like are you a singer are you uh, are you a weaver do you make cool musical instruments do you you know dance <laughs> you know and the idea was that these psychological horrors these supernatural beings called the horrors that had caused the apocalypse you know um if they had possessed you, you couldn't create things, um, and uh, that that was such an, a, a formative idea on me. As someone, you know, when that came out, you know, I was a musician. I'm, you know, playing saxophone, guitar, you know, uh, and then of course getting into all of the the other creative shit that I was, you know, really excited about back then. That just the thought that like this thing could rob you of that was was very. Uh, very topical in my brain and that was an idea I held on to for quite a while and Mark will recognize some things in the Iron Coast from that I think but um, 
that uh, that that you know so that kind of this idea of you you had to in some way be a normal person in addition to your character um, or or uh, a creative force in addition to your character that was really exciting to me. <laughs> Earthon was cool, man. I yeah. played a few was, games of it. I, it. Unfortunately, we really never got to flush it out too far. But that was well, I had cool. to say that it was one of those things that I think suffered when you started fleshing out the world too much. You know, like they, when they start putting in all of like the different shit going on in your in your campaign world um it got bloated which brings me to a really important point um which is you know setting bloat and how much you know how how quickly and canon right i mean setting bloat and canon and i think for a lot of us that's a thing that ruins a lot of published campaign settings right yeah the too many splat books that's part of it yeah, <laughs> that's for well, sure. Well, you know, and even like when there's a billion novels and you know and adventures and source books and all this shit, and you start looking at like, oh, well, this happened there, that happened there, blah 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 yes. blah blah. And when you like that to me is the big danger of running um, a published campaign setting is that you know it's not all in my brain. And the parts of it that aren't in my brain could easily be in my players' brains. And I think that's the big turnoff for me when it comes to uh, published settings. Yep. Well, I, I, I think I think what you have done, Adam, is you've taken some published settings and, uh, like, uh, made them into your world, right? Yeah, I think that's uh, I think well, that's what well, what good smart DMs do. <laughs> no, no, I, I I agree, and I, I and um, you know some people uh, will recognize. Uh, whatever setting you've put forth but what you're doing is you know like i don't know how many of our campaign people look at this from iron coast some of the stuff you put into the world has that spin on it where it's so different from what the i don't know the original was that that it's not recognizable yeah. right yeah and i and think, I think that's, that's the I, goal if you're gonna if you're gonna pick up stuff like like um I've been playing in Gabriel Perez Gachardi's Greyhawk, right? And it's yeah. I don't feel like I'm playing in Greyhawk. I feel like I'm playing in Gabriel's Greyhawk. Part of that is I'm not as big of a Greyhawk nerd as you know like the rest of the party is, but you know, I it just feels to me like the way it just feels to me like Gabriel's game, you know? And I like that so much more. He's in he's in winter right now, right? Yes. This is this yeah, well, gotta, it's like I'm, fall, like late fall for him. Yeah, I got to send him some beer. <laughs> you, you you know why? Yeah. I couldn't agree with you guys more about the personalization. I, one of the early campaigns I played in in my gaming, if you want to call it career, was uh, one of my good buddies ran a Cyberpunk 2020 game back in the late '80s. It was completely based specifically in the Cyberpunk campaign setting that they had written, but it was focused on Detroit and how we felt that the Detroit was going to develop by that time uh, collaboratively. And what with all I the robocops and all. Oh, absolutely. I mean, RoboCop, <laughs> Delta City, we had, uh, you know, the uh, the giant uh, super malls that were in the uh, sort of uh, ziggurat uh, dome centers with all the different malled, uh, walled areas around all the different parts of the suburbs and uh, the people mover system that had weapon racks in it and stuff like that. It was just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I couldn't hear, I couldn't uh, agree with you more on that. Well, on this topic, uh, our 
Corey is uh, our DM Kojo's watching again, and uh, he asks, or he says, "I'm trying to tie all of the DCC modules that I've run my group through into a united campaign. Have any have any of you tried to do that, or do you usually play DCC as one shots?" And okay, so you know this show. There's a lot of DCCness that happens on this show, so we get DCC questions that that occurs. Um, I very much. Uh, always try to run them, run any DCC adventures I, I use in a campaign setting into the into the fabric of the campaign, um, uh, to to the point that you know Mark and Roy are making. Um, you you can't just let them hang there or just you know like suddenly everything's drastically different and you know here's the adventure you're doing this week that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Don, do you have any thoughts on that? No, I do. Um, you look like you no, were thinking, I mean, so I had to come back to you. Oh, I was I was reading another comment from uh, Tim, but yeah, I actually haven't run enough published modules. But well, when I've when we were playing game, that DCC campaign, yeah. the the Cradle of yeah. Sin game that fizzled out, unfortunately, um, we were o- I was only running uh, published modules. I started with right. Carl Bussler and uh, and Ed Ho- and mm-hmm. um, Eric Hoffman's. Um, uh, well of Souls went from that into right. um, uh, Doom of Savage Kings, and that's unfortunately when it stalled out. But um, it had a it had a definite arc that it was going. But yeah. all that arc was driven by um, the adventures that I would had chosen, and mm-hmm. it was. But all of those had been modified to fit a vision of what things. Yeah, and that yep. just makes sense. And 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 it was seamless. I think. Thank you. I appreciate Great. that. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. So I've done that Tim with says, my setting as well. Uh, yeah. When I've I've cut in modules, I think uh, in my campaign right now for DCC, we've done about five published modules, and you you can't take them literally. That's the key. Is that a lot no. of the uh, the pretext and post-text you just have to cut out and then just cut and paste them into your own sandbox. Um, or just you know, much- use that logic to, like, like if it tells you, oh, hey, here's this backstory, be like, oh, well, here's five or six things from that backstory that I yeah. can, you know, change to fit into my game, you know, or, yeah. right. you know, here's, a, here's an important, one important thing that I can totally tie into my game, something like that. So what's Tim's comment, question, whatever? Oh, it was, uh, it was not about this, but he found an address for the Morrow Project, that, which is in Ypsilanti. It's a P.O. box. So he's saying the uh, uh, original home base is an Ipsy. Really? Yeah. Uh, Tim. Yeah. Tim's very excited about Morrow Project. Tim, cool. give me the uh, the P.O. box number, and I might be. I'll stock them when I uh, when I go to my <laughs> check my own P.O. box. Because if it's this one here, that's a block from my house. I got those guys covered. We'll get them. We'll catch them. Nice. <laughs> so, how many other game companies can you guys list in Michigan, right off the top of your heads? I, I have Palladium. That's it, and me. Uh, no, there's Bill. There's Bill Barsh of Pace Setter. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. Shit. Richard Chaholka's Tritech. Oh yeah, you know that's in in Michigan. So Mark, you had you had some thoughts. Um, you were talking about uh, in in episode twelve point one. You mentioned uh, Eastmark as far as campaign settings, published campaign yeah. settings that you'd run. Yep. Yep. Oh, you want me to talk about Yeah, do you want to talk about that instead of just assenting to the fact that you had mentioned it? Yeah. You said, I'll talk about that later. Hey, guess what? We're later. No, no, no. It it was, um, I I, I mean, it's kind of a vanilla, like, fantasy setting. Yeah. But I kind of like how he had it set up uh, around a couple of kingdoms, and um, there was kind of a center spot where you could take old B... Uh, 
B-level modules mm-hmm. and kind of throw them in, which is what I did. Um, What'd you run you them know. through? Well, I'll start out with Borderlands, but um, nice. uh, the, the, the party lost, like, its first character lost by Sturge death. <laughs> like a fucking flock of Sturges came down a and fucking drained one of the characters. Yep. She have a like, new wave band called the Flock of Sturges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny stuff. Anyway, um, no, I, I, I mean, but the 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 beauty in the writing, right? Uh, that he put into that system, or or at least as it was translated into English. Mm-hmm. Was, I'm gonna was, say, was, yeah, I very much enjoyed the translation of that. Uh, I think that the translation Tony Reyes uh, did a fantastic job on the translation of that because he preserved some really interesting linguistic peculiarities yes. that I think made it really flavorful. Like, just I love the spell names in that because it's not like it's not like cure light wounds. It's you know like lightly cure wounds or something. Yes, <laughs> you know it's it's like it, it's like just a uh, like a so much more elegant way of phrasing this stuff or a way that we're just not used to um right. which i loved i thought it was so so smooth no uh, i i mean that's the thing is we don't get a i mean as americans we don't get a very good eye into european gaming systems right generally and and this was a good chance and uh the 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 system was basic Mm-hmm. But the uh, the the the, the uh, campaign setting was beautiful, like the thought that went behind it. I I will say that my only objection is it did feel a little too Tolkienish to me. Of um, course, you but you but that's well, me, and that like you, gives, you Tolkienism Tolkien gives me a hater. rash. So yeah, <laughs> but that's Redbox, man. <laughs> well, but it's not Redbox. I mean, look at Karamekos, right? I mean. Uh, and again, okay. So here's another one that I love is the, is the known world. We talked about the known world a little bit ago. Um, I I do love the way that you know Bruce Heard and and, and everybody else put that together. Um, that's such a such a fantastic game setting. Yeah. Um, I, I I really and specifically the Grand Duchy of Karamekos. You know, um, maybe it's because it kind of had a vaguely Slavic theme. And go figure. I'd enjoy that. But um, <laughs> and it. It it does have that like wild, you know, Borderlands kind of feel, which is what I liked about Eastmark. The thing that I think it feels like in Eastmark because you got the the bad guys, right? You know, um, on the other side of the Eastmark, you know, further mm-hmm. Eastmark, sure. <laughs> whatever the bad guys are. Well, I, I I didn't run it that way, but yeah, sure. But then that's a little too Sauron for me. I mean, I know that uh, that Karamekos has the Black Eagle barony, and you know, there's so there's the threat of those dudes, and you know, they might hire evil humanoids. But that was like in in Eastmark, it's a little bit more unified, um, unilateral evil. And yeah, that I'm not too keen on. So it has that me. that essence also. Uh, of uh, Robert E. Howard's area. Now you go from Hyperborea and you bring it over to the left a little bit, kind of like Aquilonia, Nemedia, Border Kingdom yeah. area. Um, right, anybody the Border who's, Kingdom. Yeah, that's exactly my uh, take on the uh, that box set. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Is that that area of uh, the Road to Kings? 
That's that's how I feel about the box. I set. just wish I just I just really like it when no one's presented as the good guys, you know. When everybody yeah. and I think well, that's the I, advantage of of Hyborian Age is that nobody's a good guy. Exactly, right. and, and and that's kind of why I threw that out as a third thing. Yeah, there is no good guy in that. Mm-hmm. There's there's bad guys. There's good guys. They're they're everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Thieves are good. So shameless uh, plug, King, plug guys. Kings are bad. Anybody shameless who pug. wants a box, I'd love set. to see a shameless plug. <laughs> Anybody who wants a box set, Taco and I uh, acquired a large inventory of those. That's Taco box John Hershberger. Yes, sir. <laughs> Mr. John himself, uh, he has probably the lion's share, but I picked up uh, several cases as well of the uh, the. Eastmark box set. So if you don't have who... it, it is a gorgeous box set. Yes. It is a beautiful oh, it's thing. Beautiful. I highly recommend it. It's it's fantastic. Uh, so even if you don't get the skull dice, yeah, corner me. I, I will make you a trunk dice. deal. <laughs> oh, you didn't you I, didn't pay for no the way, skull man. dice, the Adam? Skull dice? Uh, no, no, no. I don't care. I mean, I know they're. I know the Q Workshop dice are made in Poland, but it's all about the classic red Zouchi dice. You know, like that's uh, oh man, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Whatever. Game science, red game science dice, man. Just like I got with you know, or it was green that I got with my Mensa red box. That's know? right. You got to have a fucking crayon for Christ's sake. Yeah, you got to have a crayon. <laughs> you know, it comes with a crayon. That's what was it comes great with a about goddamn crayon. Uh, yeah, uh, they, shut up. I'm Castles still, and Crusades. I'm still their first white box set. They got that crayon. Shit from Gamma World. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hipster. We know. That's how we introduce you. Knock it off. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, what about... Okay, do you guys ever actually use published settings in play? Let me go. Yeah. Go. Well, I... I, Did you raise your hand? Did we call on you? Mark, (laughs) you in the front. What's your name? Darkers. Look at my my hat. Anyway. uh, (laughs) Your cop hat? Yes. That's all we see. I mean... um, I will use the setting to start the campaign, mm-hmm. right? But um, I let the characters kind of drive it from that point forward. And and I use the modules loosely to to just kind of, like, create stuff outside <laughs> of the setting, right? Yeah. yeah I, I, I mean, obviously I've been playing with you for... Yeah, a couple years, years now, yeah. Adam. <laughs> and I and I know you do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I I I love it. I I don't actually like look into any of this stuff, but uh, no, it's great. It fits well. You can take a campaign, and you can take the uh, I don't know the scenario, the beauty of the map, the beauty of the system the descriptions that you can put beyond uh, a city or uh, a countryside or whatever's around it. But then, beyond that, you can just put modules in that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, you you can take a generic setting or you can take a beautiful setting like like we've mentioned adventures yeah. in Eastmark and then you can just drive it from there 
or you can make you can make your own. I, I like, like your I like, like your you distinction and Don between have. like you could do generic or you can do beautiful. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. uh, that's, a, that's a different distinction than we normally hear. That's good, Mark. I like. Well, it. I, I I mean, you could take it both ways. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, it it can be very generic, and and people can feed into it. Or you could you could make it very robust and beautiful, and flavorful. And, and, yeah. And and people will people will eat that. Mm-hmm. So you know whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Okay. Uh. <laughs> you, you, you actually you actually have to uh, GM to your the to the people that you're playing with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Add a bit of spice, like my bro Nathan. Shout out to him. Oh, uh, Nathan Panky. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. He is the spiciest. He's the spiciest. <laughs> I, I swear that's going to be one of our next T-shirts for this show. Uh, is is that one of the? Is it going to be a new buzzword? Yeah, of course. Oh, new. You bingo? got my vote. Yeah, Nathan's the spiciest. Bingo. There we go. If I had any more beer, I'd be drinking. Uh, yeah. All right. What? Anybody else? You guys use? I mean, uh, <laughs> do you guys ever use published settings in play? Well, I have to say it all depends on who's at my table. Um, if it's okay. a newer player or somebody that really needs it, uh, I'll tell them, okay, well, this is where you are, and if you know anything about that, this is what's going on. To me, it's mostly a tool to engage with a player uh, to keep them busy between player interaction just so that they can kind of, like I said before, have that s- sense of disbelief, the suspension of disbelief to how they're playing the game. Oh, to, I'm to- in- to use I, one of Don's favorite uh, concepts, it's it's about immersion. Is that is mm-hmm. that it? It's about whatever gets Absolutely. them into the game faster. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and just so they know, hey, okay, well, this is just where I'm. Mean, it's mostly just icing or fluff for somebody to just kind of have while they're playing, just to okay. know, hey, this is just where my character is. This is just uh, the vibe. It, it's just mostly an aid for their own imagination as far as playing in the actual game. Um, I don't need. I mean, any more of uh, what you're trying to describe to the players. To that end, is just kind of a is a stop to what you're trying to describe as to the actual interaction of the game. So, um, I mostly just say, "Hey, this is where you guys are." So, like in my campaign, okay, yeah, you guys are technically in uh, Aridae or uh, or you're in Aerith or you're in in between or Queensbrow or wherever you are. So, that's where you're at. Hmm. You have some thoughts there, Don? So, yeah, so I'm thinking about this, right? And this may cross over a bit with our 9.2 episode, but, like, what do you actually need to... Like, what are the important parts to each of you that just kind of mean setting? Because, of course, there's a map. There are places. There's a history. But I think the first thing that I want to change... Went like from the book is the races, like because uh, they're Tolkieny, and right. most yeah. except for like Dark Sun, um, which vastly not Tolkien, and that's kind of why I like it. I love it. I didn't it's say Barsoomian. that yet. Dark Sun is an attempt yeah. at Barsoom. It's just Bar- right. D and D Barsoom. You keep saying Barsoom, Adam. It's I love sexy. Barsoom. You know this. Sex- Barsoom is sexy talk. Amazing. It is sexy talk. <laughs> Barsoom. <laughs> Green Martians, <laughs> Black Martians. Um, that's also on my want to play list. Hint, hint, hint. 
I love how Don's want to playlist is really his want Adam to run this sometime. List. No, I mean, or anyone well, could run. I mean, he's, he always he's says it pub- to me, so I take he's it personally. A, no, he's on a public forum right here. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. 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 But, hey, but, there's a guy. Do you you know about the Warriors of Red Plant Red Planet? Blah, blah, blah. Warriors of the Red Planet. No, nope. it's an old school style rule set. Takes place on Mars. Go figure. Um, it's very much like straight up Barsoomian stuff. Uh, can't remember who wrote it. If you ye, he who wrote that, <laughs> if you are uh, a fan of the show at all, let us know, and we'll make you run this game for us. It'll be fantastic. oh, we'll play it. Yeah, play the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I actually asked a question. Oh, what was it? Oh, <laughs> so yeah. like, what do you want to is... change? Is that it? Is it like what do you? Yeah, like where do you like, start? What's What's the first thing you guys would want to change to kind of make it your own setting? Or what would you steal from another setting? I mean... I'll go first here. Um, Because with me, it's no... I don't have an answer. I don't have a quick and ready answer. Because Mm -hmm. it's about the aesthetic that I want to get across. Like, what is the thing that I want to do? Um... Right. with with any particular setting like like how how what do i want it to feel like what do i want the experience for the players to be like and then i only look at changing things that would get me there mm. so um like with uh iron coast um uh, which is a personal setting again ding ding uh, yeah um, drink now <laughs> uh axe has gnomes i said no fucking gnomes you no, said gnomes. no gnomes. gnomes are done you don't get to play a gnome um, I, I I said I did say hey we should limit the number of elves and the players didn't listen to me, but that uh. has created an interesting dynamic within the group you know, um especially as they realize that I've got some extra shit for no for elves that really make running elves a little bit harder or more interesting you know, um which is all that Adam dreaming dimension weirdness shit. That- El- elves have enough hard time in AC chaos. Uh, you realize that a lot... Of, it's just experience. That's all you're complaining about. It's just your experience curve, Mark. I, I, that was not a complaint. That was a, a notation. It, it's worth it to me to make your life more difficult. Shut, <laughs> shut up. Um, so it, I, I look for the aesthetic that I want to get across. How do I want things to feel? And how can I make them feel that way? I wanted elves to feel Melnibonean, you know? So I had to make them slightly alien and... No. You know, that is what I came forth with when we started talking about AC Chaos in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I wanted my elf to be Meldabonean. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's what you and, ended up with, but and, it was just, you know, Meldabonean is a different thing than you thought. <laughs> well, sure. And 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 it's been weird, but mm-hmm. it's been great. Yeah. And I and and I've rolled with all the changes too. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we have traditional elves a la Chris, or, like, non-knowledgeable elves, a la Andy. <laughs> and, and, then, and then you got, like, guys like me that are, like, trying to, like, do Meldabonean, but trying to, like, shift to what you've shifted elves to. Yeah. I don't know. It's great. I think it's. I great. didn't bring Mark on here so he could talk how about how awesome Don and I are. Honestly, that wasn't my plan. No, it's actually and, I expected a lot more shit talking out of and, Mark. And, and generally, <laughs> to their faces, I, I all I do is criticize these guys. It's true. true. That's why I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. So no. uh, yeah. So I mean, that's that's it for me. Is uh, sorry, I look sorry for the aesthetic, to disappoint. Then what do I have and, to change and, to get and, there? And, that's and, what I do. And give you some. Uh, props. 
<laughs> That's okay. I'll take it. We'll <laughs> we'll we'll move forward. What about you, Roy? Uh, what do you what is, what's the first thing that you typically change? Well, see, in my bag, are we playing hex crawl? Number one. Uh, that's a big uh, to me. That's the number one thing. Uh, and to me, a, a hex crawl usually is somewhere mid career as far as players go, as far as their character levels are. So have they gotten powerful enough to kind of like skip that railroad and say, "All right, show me where you're going." That's a big thing. And then the second thing is, is the campaign itself have some kind of major effect in the rules? You got some kind of special character classes that sort of curtail the system or have some special spells and stuff like that that the, if the players end up knowing about and really want to utilize that's something that I'm going to have to take into account but of course it's all in the DM and as how far they're going to really be driving their own story you just let them think what they want play their own game but you're really trying to keep everybody in the sandbox and make sure they don't kick the main castle down <laughs> if that makes sense if anybody is listening and knows what I'm talking about that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, man. I mean, there's different different considerations, yeah. And you got, I mean, it, it, that makes sense, right? You got to know what you're doing with the game, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you're playing a hex crawl, that's that's a big case. If you're not playing a hex crawl and you're playing some campaign that doesn't have necessarily any like special classes or magic system or any other kind of alteration or negligence of the rules, uh, and all the Lankmart stuff that's going to be coming up is not may have some type of alteration uh there is some rumors to that if that ends up coming up uh that's nothing more than just some minor alteration so it's all about making sure that everybody enjoys the story that they're either going to be looking for or they're just basically waiting for you to tell them okay well we're getting towards the end of our time so i've got a couple of rapid fire questions for you guys you ready Hmm. Mm -hmm. what's the last setting you know published campaign setting you used in play DCC, Airday. Airday? Sorry. Okay. Mark? Um, I've already said uh, yeah. Eastmark. Eastmark. Aerith. <laughs> Aerith, Sorry. Eastmark. All right. Whoops. And uh, Don? Yeah, I don't use anyone else's setting. Wow, Ever? You've stupid. never used someone else's setting. The, the timer you've, you've set, done. Adam, is, is, is making me angry. <laughs> I have many a comment. <laughs> Nothing. Don's got nothing. Nothing. No. No. I don't. Uh, I don't really. I don't. Uh, I don't know my settings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. It's uh, Hyperborea. Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea. Oh, yeah. That setting. Uh, That's freaking awesome. By yes. the way. Uh, really well done. Jeff Lanyon knocked that one out of the park. So. Um, yeah. That's on my wanna playlist. Okay. And to keep with the rapid and fire net, fire system here machine gun yeah, yeah. Uh, least favorite cam- published campaign setting and why forgotten realms because it's middle earth okay i'm not gonna say vanilla because that's beautiful vanilla is Go. a delicious flavor yeah it is it is uh <laughs> forgotten sh- realms donkers. because it's shit <laughs> <laughs> vanilla is not shit Roy. we know that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no 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 vanilla tastes good mm-hmm. shit tastes no. like shit Okay. Roy. <laughs> Roy. Uh, oh, man, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, That's the point. Yeah. Shit. Red Steel. <laughs> no, no, no. Shit. Red is Forgotten Steel. Realms. Like, wow. What the fuck is happening there? I guess that was always my feeling. <laughs> Did you ever. Well, okay, so I'm going to stop you right there. Did you ever read that uh, the, the X series adventure that that's based on? 
Savage Coast, right? Savage Coast, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Savage Coast is Savage Coast. But the Savage, Red Sea, it's like it's the same place. It's even the same place. I agree. Savage Coast. I'm plus talking about the radiation. setting, it, the setting itself, and how it's delivered. But again, that's all in who runs it. Okay. Yeah. I'm not talking about yeah. the the actual awesome book and the CDs that came with all that shit back in the nineties. <laughs> CDs. Uh, I forgot. About <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's like the gimmick, right? Is the yeah. CD. Yeah. Audio oh, CD Jesus. with TSR, and we'll throw a fucking VHS tape in there too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I've thought I've thought about that campaign setting, and I've realized it is actually probably the least interesting of yes. the uh, of that era because it's so packed with the '90s, like early '90s zeitgeist. Thank you. Uh, it's pretty clear to me. Did you just say whole... zeitgeist? Zeitgeist. Yeah, absolutely. Why is that a problem for you? Not a problem. Okay. <laughs> just just a little bit. You're Adam, stepping on my Adam, you know what it is? My, you're stepping on my his, hipster's cred. Because I have a vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh Dude, it's Cinnabar I mean, is what it was. You've got, yeah, you've got well you've got Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Well they got Ninja Turtles. Wolfoids. You've got you know that that fear of radiation, you know, from the eighties and the nineties, you know, that mm-hmm. that imminent nuclear destruction thing, um, which is the, the Cinnabar material, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um and and that's that's it's like totally it's a little it's too eighties you know yeah. it's too when it was coming out of it and it was like it even missed the mark like the time span with that shit too like exactly. by like four years you know it really should have been like set in they should have done that in eighty eight but you know that's kind of in my opinion what TSR liked to do back then was miss their opportunity by a few of years. the era so um yeah. But I will say that my answer to this question as what's the least favorite is also my answer to the first question as it was the first, and that was Dragonlance. Mm. Because oh, yeah. uh, Forgotten Realms is bad, Dragonlance is worse. Dragonlance your, is all... Yeah. Both whole, your introduction and your most hated. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That so, is interesting. <laughs> but I mean, usually it's, it's, you, you, you like draw some like moat of yeah, like no, this is inviolate, right? This is right. you know, mm. um, no, fuck that. It's not inviolate. Here's the shit about Dragonlance. Why it sucks? Uh, it's a whole campaign setting that is designed around the idea, or it's designed around a railroad. It's designed around the fact that your the decisions of the players can have no lasting impact on the story. You know mm. that is bullshit. I mean, they did the same thing with Dra- with Dark Sun later on with those stupid modules and books and all that, and then they relaunched it. Well, that was that was bullshit too. Mm-hmm. They should have yeah. learned from Dark Sun how bad that fu- or from uh, Dragonlance how bad that fucked up. But there's that's that's done to some degree in, in Forgotten Realms as well. But um, yeah. you know, with the whole like time of the trials, whatever, like Avatar. Gods walking mm-hmm. Earth. Oh, we're yeah, the going to now. Blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, it was just it was like that was the whole fucking point of Dragonlance was here's your pre-generated characters that you're going to play through this predetermined path, um, and you're just gonna you know poke along these things on the way. Bad design. Yeah. Did you play the same characters that were in the books? Even like I don't really. Well, I've if never you played. if you read if you played the adventures. Um, yeah, all of the pregens were the characters from the book. Oh yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. if you actually like got the Dragonlance Adventures hardcover I showed earlier, that you know mm-hmm. had helped you create characters who were you know diegetic to the campaign, and that made or the mm-hmm. campaign world and that made sense. But um, it it and that's how we used it. But um, it was I don't know, 
still still never felt like you could do anything because they were making books about you know Raceland and Caramon and all these people uh, that are like off doing cool shit and what am I gonna do oh fight some fucking kobolds thanks done yeah. you know uh, do you have another rapid fire I have one last one became... and this is hey. this is our third rail of gaming right oh. now yeah but we haven't had one of these in way too long and I knew that tonight we had That's to get true. one in um, right. and that is Race and class, or race as class? Roy. Mm. Race as class, but a racial class, not an yes. occupation. Okay. Down. All right. Mark. Uh, Gotta have separation. So race, race and class, not race, race and, as class. Race okay. and class. Don. Mm-hmm. I prefer to run and play them separate, but I understand why... There is race as class. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that I like race as class, especially as how it's handled in Axe. I think that Axe hits the right balance for me, you know, because you can have a specific kind of elf, you know? But they put race and class in that. You're playing. You're playing an, you, an you, elven you enchanter. Have, you're not playing you, an elf who is right. an enchanter. You're playing you, an elven you, enchanter. You have a fighter. You have a fighter magic user that is also an elf. You have a fighter, but there's another thief. fighter magic user. <laughs> you know, so there's you have options. You know, this right. is how Which is this just is the elfy like, kind. This is just like one e where you know halflings can be a couple classes, but not anything. Right. Um, you know, that's how X kind of does it. And I agree with that. Like, I like how X does it as well. I hate, I hate the system, but I like how they do oh, that. Oh, you hate Aww. Aww. Oh, oh why I think backgrounds are key. Sense. Backgrounds are key. Occupations are key. So if you've got racial yeah, character yeah. classes or race as class, depending on whatever system you're looking at, yeah, I'm an elf, I'm a dwarf, or I'm a troglodyte, or whatever the fuck, but this is what my character's been doing, and how that character's been doing whatever they've been doing, how that affects their gameplay, is key. That's what I like. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've managed to do this one to death, I think. Uh, (laughs) Ladies and gents, thanks for joining us for this, uh, yet again, a rambly, crazy episode of Drinks Been Run. Um, We want to thank our guests for being here. Mark, thanks for coming. Roy, yep. it's so good to have you on this show finally. Thank you, um, sir. Thank you for having me. Both you gents are definitely welcome back anytime. Um, Don, thanks for being my lovely co-host. Yeah. Hey, thank you. I'm Don Stroud, and I actually like gnomes. <laughs> they suck so much. They suck so bad. Klaus, know me. <laughs> good night, folks. Have a wonderful evening. Michigan is the source of evil.